Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Tuesday the 3rd of December. Coming up, thousands of Kent children living in temporary accommodation. We can do so much better. We hear about damp, cold, rat infestations. It's just not good enough. Turner Prize winner due to be announced. Lots of people are saying, well, I don't know. I I like that person, but I also like that person. So I think there's lots of interest in this year's shortlist. And Little Girl sings on X Factor charity single. She was amazed when when we first told her the news. She was shocked, but she was so excited. Kent Online News. Figures have revealed more than 2,200 children in Kent will be spending Christmas in temporary accommodation. Data from Shelter shows Medway has the highest number of youngsters without a permanent roof over their heads, followed by Swale and Dartford. They're warning many children are living in places like B&Bs and hostels, with some families apparently squashed into one room. Robin White from the homeless charity has been speaking to Ish. It's obviously absolutely shocking and you know there are now what we've got 135,000 homeless children in Britain we've got 11,680 children just in the southeast of England that are living without a home Um, and to make that sound even worse uh, that's 20 children becoming homeless every single day in the southeast and to my mind this is just a bit of a stark reminder that we're right in the middle of a national housing emergency Um, and the impact of that is also something that we see every day through our frontline services at Shelter. So we see things like um, children being uprooted from friends and family, uh, being forced to live in completely unsuitable, cramped conditions like bed and breakfasts, and, you know, being too distressed or distracted to concentrate properly at school. Um, And again, like everyone else, I think we believe that every child should have the right to a safe home. And our advisors are there to to try and make sure this is a reality, offering support, offering advice. But to enable us to do that, what what we're doing at the minute is we're launching our urgent Christmas appeal and we're asking if people can, that they text the word shelter to 70030. That donates £3 um, and that helps ensure that when that help and advice is needed by people, shelter can be there to offer it 365 days a year. We've got more than 11,500 children that are homeless across the southeast and, and you know comparing you know, will tell us some things but wherever we are in the country at the minute it's very obvious that we've got an absolutely appalling situation there, there this isn't a case that it's restricted to one area or another um every single part of the country is facing the realities of a national housing emergency at this stage you know driven by a a failure long term to invest in social housing by welfare freezes and cuts and things like that and it manifests itself unfortunately in children without a home and you know there's a particular stat as well in you know medway in kent being particularly the of the highest rate of of children living in temporary accommodation one in 99 children i mean that sounds frighteningly high doesn't it yes yes um as i must say most of the stats we we have on this all sound frighteningly high at this stage and you're talking about you know temporary accommodation there so these are children that they're homeless they might have a roof over their head but temporary accommodation could be them living in a single room with the rest of their family Um, some of the conditions in places like this are totally unsuitable I don't think any of us would wish for children to be trying to grow up um, in these conditions we can we can do so much better we hear about damp cold rat infestations it's just not good enough um we are campaigning to ensure that it doesn't happen but in the meantime you know what we're doing as well is again 
we've got this Christmas appeal asking people to visit our website or text shelter to 70030 so that we can give support and advice and try and make sure children, you know, we get them out of this situation where we can. We have seen an increase in the last year across the entire country. Uh, and year on year, in, in recent years, we, we've seen a, a stark rise in homelessness and in temporary accommodation. So temporary accommodation is... So in the southeast alone, we've got 95% increase in the last five years in children living in temporary accommodation, um, which we think is, is frightening and is something we absolutely need to do something about. And you, you say that year on year increase. Why is that not changing? Why are we seeing a constant increase? So what we've had in recent years, um, we, we've had this sort of perfect storm. We've had a, a, a long term failure by many, many governments to not invest in the social housing we need. And that very much is the heart of the problem. And then on top of that, we've got uh, welfare cuts, which we've seen over the years. And we've seen a rise in people relying on the private rented sector. The private rented sector, as I'm sure many of your listeners will be very aware, can be very expensive and very unstable. Um, and it doesn't take a lot for people relying on the private rented sector to fall into homelessness. Um, and that's when we then end up with people living in temporary accommodation. So, you know, to turn this around, there, there are things we need to do. And at the heart of those is we need to start investing again in social rent housing. That really is the key thing that we need to see happen in the next few years. You mentioned the failure of government. We are in the midst, of course, of a general election. Are you calling on political parties to take action here? Yeah, absolutely. What we want to see is every political party uh, committing to ending this emergency and to building the social homes we need. You know, whoever forms the next government, what we need to see building social housing being right at the top of the agenda. Kent Online reports. A former Kent schoolboy who killed three pensioners within hours of each other has been found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity. Alexander Lewis Ranwell, who suffers from paranoid schizophrenia and went to Sutton Valence in Maidstone, attacked the victims in Exeter in February. The jury had to decide whether the 28-year-old did not know it was against the law to kill the three men. A firearm's been seized and five men have been arrested after specialist officers were sent to Medway. The National Crime Agency's Armed Operations Unit were called to Rochester last night. At kentonline.co.uk you can see the moment a drink driver drove off a cliff in Ramsgate during a police chase. The 35-year-old's car plummeted onto the roof of the beach retreat apartments below before ending up in Marine Road in February. He admitted dangerous driving and causing criminal damage and will be sentenced in January. Four members of a right-wing group have been locked up for a total of more than four years after a huge fight broke out in Sevenoaks. The three men and woman who were aged between 20 and 43 had been at a conference at the Stag Theatre in April when they clashed with left-wing protesters. Kent Online News. The family of an Ashford dad found dead in Spain have launched an online fundraising appeal to try and bring his body home. 34-year-old Daniel Fulligar was discovered at his apartment in Valencia last week. It's not known yet how he died, but loved ones are hoping to raise £6,000 to cover the cost of getting him back to the UK. It's understood vital work to repair the Medway Tunnel may not go ahead due to a lack of funding. Maintenance will cost more than £672,000 up until the end of the financial year, 
But according to the council, there's no budget or funding for the work to take place. Bosses say they're negotiating more money from the Department for Transport. At Kent Online, you can see CCTV footage of two men smashing their way into a garage in Northleet and stealing motorcycles. They forced open the door in Ladyfields yesterday afternoon before running off with two bikes worth thousands of pounds. Police are investigating. A Kent charity that supports separated families is going to have any donations made over the next week doubled. Ashford-based Dads Unlimited offer legal help, mentoring and a helpline for single parents, some of whom haven't seen their children in months. This year they're part of the Big Gives Christmas Challenge, which is the UK's biggest match funding campaign. Francis Hunt from the organisation says any extra money would be hugely appreciated. It's really going to help for us to expand our frontline services um, because a lot of what we do is helping vulnerable adults that have been through uh, relationship breakdowns. We've also helped 119 victims of domestic, physical and emotional abuse. Um, And we're finding, um, as our name is getting to be more well known, we're becoming um, more and more in demand. And we're literally at the point now that we have a waiting list, which, you know, is not ideal because we want to be able to help people as and when they need our help. Um, So what we need to do is... um, increase our funds so that we can actually take on more mentors and expand our helpline service. Um, Our helpline service currently um, provides, it's about a thousand minutes a month at the moment um, to the public. Um, But we found that within the last three months, it's actually doubled. So the fact that our helpline is doubled in three months is just showing the increased demand. Um, And uh, again, we need to get more money in, unfortunately, to uh, be able to uh, further that more. We're not just there, we're not pro-dad, we're there to actually get what is best for the children and we very much believe that co-parenting and uh, positive co-parenting is what's best all round Um, and I think that is getting out, it's getting more known Um, and I think ultimately that's why we're getting more people coming our way. Um, We've even had people fundraising um, individually and, and literally telling people that we've saved their lives because before they came to us, they had little hope of seeing their children. Um, We had one guy called Dan who ran, he did 249 kilometres run over the space of a month. Um, And that represented each day that he hadn't seen his son for. Um, So we've had some amazing people fundraising for us, um, which we're truly thankful for. But obviously, this is a great opportunity that if anybody was thinking of donating, um, particularly at this time of the year, um, being in the Christmas season of goodwill, um, then certainly that will all be much funded um, and that's going to make a massive difference to our organisation. And speaking of Christmas, I imagine it's a really difficult time for people you help, um, perhaps not being able to see their children um, on on a sort of special day like Christmas must be really hard. It is incredibly hard. Um, I mean, we actually, I attended the last support group meeting that we had and really I mean some of the stories there they're so heartfelt um you come away and you just think my goodness you know 
it it's so wrong um so many of these situations where they these men haven't seen their children for months at times years and it's so unnecessary and it's the children that are suffering as as well as these adults um and it is really gut-wrenching um i do think though because we've actually um as of april this year we started putting on some community events now um and we're doing that very much for separated parents and their children because again it helps to get them out of isolation and loneliness um, and for those who don't have regular access to their children we're actually now starting to do um, single parents only events again so they've got a chance to come out and get back into society again we're aiming to raise six thousand pounds which would mean that we'll be able to um, have mentors uh, we'll be able to employ mentors for a longer time frame um, and it will also give us more money to actually pay for a bigger call package uh, to handle the the incoming calls coming in um so it's small steps but um that would certainly make a difference um to to get us to be able to basically help people sooner rather than later and that that's really what we need right now generally our charity resonates with a lot of people because there's so many marriage breakups out there unfortunately or if you haven't been through one you know somebody that has and i think you know it it's unfortunately it is a sad um a sad thing in society nowadays where it, it does seem to happen a lot um, and I think if somebody was wanting to donate maybe they weren't in a position to it could even be worth maybe speaking to their employer um, you know a lot of charity uh, sorry a lot of businesses will do charitable giving um, and so or even circulating it with their own friends and family so um, it you know even if anybody was to put in five pounds whatever it is you know that would then be doubled so if everybody was to do that then obviously it's going to make a massive difference you can find out how to donate to dads unlimited on their website kent online reports we're being warned not to go near a load of asbestos which has been dumped near homes in ashford carry bags full of the dangerous material have been found outside a block of garages on bybrook road in kennington the area has been taped off and the council say it'll be cleared as soon as possible Police have released CCTV images of a man they want to speak to after beauty products were stolen from a shop in Tenterden. Payden's chemist on the high street was targeted last month. You can see the pictures at kentonline.co.uk. Now, the winner of the world-famous Turner Prize will be announced at a ceremony in Margate later. Work from the four shortlisted artists has been on display at the Turner Contemporary since September. Ish has been chatting to gallery director Victoria Pomery, who told him what the response has been like. We've had amazing feedback. We've had more than 93,000 visits since uh, the end of September. Uh, lots of people have obviously been, lots of local people have been and seen the show, but I think what has, you know, it's provoked a lot of conversations and dialogues, the different kinds of work. So people have definitely told us which person they want to win. But I think, you know, the show as a whole, so the four selected artists are all very strong and basically the feedback has been to that effect lots of people are saying well I don't know I I like that person but I also like that person so I think there's there's lots of interest in this year's shortlist and it could go in any direction and of course I mean from your perspective I'm sure you'll you'll say that the standard is very high this year the standard's incredibly high and I think the commitment of the four artists to Margate and to Turner Contemporary 
they have all been here since the 28th of September. They've some of them have spoken in in conversation some of them have led on performances so there's been lots of activity at the gallery but they're all four fantastic artists and if you haven't had the chance to see their work there's still a chance to come to Turner Contemporary before the 12th of January. In terms of reaching that decision on who should be ultimately the winner of the Turner Prize who's involved in that process? So there is a jury of four people with um, the chair of the jurors is Alex Farkerson, who's the director of Tate Britain. So it's those five people who will decide who is, um, who is the ultimate winner. And what do you think the judges will be looking for in terms of, yeah, in terms of reaching that decision? What type of things, the type of qualities that make a Turner Prize winner? Well, the judges will be looking at the exhibitions here. They have been nominated for exhibitions throughout the, the past year. So the judges will be looking at work that is really contemporary, that is um, both challenging and inspiring. But I think the judges will be looking at a whole range of different factors before they make their decision. And obviously, the director of Tate Britain is the chair. So from a perspective of Turner Prize being a, a very much a Tate um, competition and a Tate initiative, then I'm sure the Tate has some separate criteria um, to add into the mix. And again, you, you talk about how high a standard of, of body of work we've got in front of us. How, how difficult do you anticipate it's going to be for the jury? I think it will be a really difficult decision because there's four great artists and great exhibitions they're very different um, in their content they've they engage with other people in different ways so it is really difficult any of these big uh, arts prizes are always difficult to judge um, as evidenced by things like the the booker prize for literature i think arts prizes are really difficult kent online news we're being urged to speak to our families about organ donation as figures show 100 people in kent will be on the waiting list for life-saving surgery this christmas nhs blood and transplants say it's a good time of year to have the conversation as everyone gets together over the festive period they want us to make sure our loved ones know what we want to happen to our organs after we die People living in a Kent village say they feel blessed after waking up to find 500 knitted angels. They were attached to fences, trees and gateposts in High Holden near Tenterden with a card saying they were a gift of love. And a little girl from Hearn Bay who has a rare condition which causes bone fractures and sight loss has had the chance to sing on this year's X Factor charity single. Following a surprise visit from Simon Cowell to the Demelza Hospice in Sittingbourne, eight-year-old Hallie Robb was asked to record at the show's studios. Her dad Ian's been telling us more. Hallie was born with a rare bone condition called osteopetrosis. Um, she's visually impaired as well, um, but she loves singing. Um, it's always been her dream and it's always been something that she wants to do. The day we first met Simon, we got a, a message from Demelza saying there was a special guest coming. Um, so we went along um, and it turned out to be Simon. Hallie sang to him um, and then from that, Simon absolutely loved hearing her sing and actually invited her to come and sing on one of his shows. Uh, at the time, we didn't really think much of it. We sort of thought, oh, maybe something will happen in the future. Um, 
And then a couple of weeks later, we got a phone call to say that he'd love for her to sing on the X Factor celebrity single. She was um, amazed when when we first told her the news. Um, she was shocked, but she was so excited. Um, and the prospect of going in a recording studio as well is something she's always wanted to do. So it was amazing for her. She just sort of she just couldn't really contain her excitement. She was very excited to go to school this morning um, and, and see all of her friends. And I know the head teacher's keeping it a bit of a surprise for the last, uh, kept it a bit of a surprise for the last week. So um, yeah, it's been it's been nice for her to, to go back and, and see her friends. Yes, yeah, so we went to the recording studio last Tuesday um, where we obviously recorded her lines for the song. Um, and then we got taken up to watch The X Factor on Saturday as well. Um, which was a great experience and, and she really enjoyed it as well. It was really emotional for us um, and I mean yeah it, to be honest I think the whole the whole of the the studio was was silent watching the video and it just hit so many people and it's just it, the, the reaction to it has been incredible. To be honest it's all come so quickly and, and everything's been a bit of a whirlwind so who knows what's next for her. Um, I think she's just really enjoying the moment and, and really enjoying just the fact that she got to sing on a song and that she's doing what she what she loves doing. Um, so, yeah, we don't know what's next, but we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham have been drawn against a Premier League side in the third round of the FA Cup. They'll welcome West Ham to Priestfield in the new year after beating Doncaster Rovers at the weekend. Elsewhere, Charlton will be at home to West Bromwich Albion. And in cricket, England have drawn the second test with New Zealand, meaning they lose the series. Play was abandoned on the final day because of rain. Kent's Joe Denley and Zach Crawley only scored five runs between them. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.